Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am The Professor Travel coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the blog and the podcast where we learn together, where we discuss things together, where we talk about travels and the places that you want to go and places you didn't even know existed and the place where you go to enjoy life more. You can always reach me on all of the different types of my social media, um, starting with, of course, my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. You can also find me on both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. On, um, on Twitter, you can find me at TheProfessorTR1. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Uh, our visiting professor for this episode is Carlos Gann. Carlos, wave hi to everybody for me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Carlos just recently got back from a trip to Cuba, and I wanted to talk with him about that. But before we get into that, Carlos, for my students that are listening, can you tell us a little bit about your credentials, like just some things about your education and maybe some places that you travel to? Uh, well, I'm in the last course to finish my master's in organizational leadership here at Brandman University. Uh, so that's my highest uh, level of education. Nice. Uh, travel, I've been to, I, I, I was born in Mexico, so I traveled Mexico. I'm familiar with Mexico City, uh, the border towns here, uh, like Tijuana and Senada. I've been to uh, Vietnam multiple times. <clears throat> in fact, I married a Vietnamese girl. I've mm -hmm. uh, been to Cambodia, went to the temples of Angkor Wat. I've been to uh, Thailand, um, been to uh, Honduras. So, I, I do a little travel as, as much as I can. <laughs> That's awesome. And, I, and it's one of those things I think that I picked up a travel bug as I've gone along through the process and I really enjoy the travel experience. I find as I get a little bit older, it's just one of those things I'm, I'm just really engaged in more and more. So um, let me ask you this. So you recently went on a trip to Cuba, which is not a place that a lot of people go. What made you want to decide on going to this trip to Cuba? Well, I have a friend <clears throat> that I used to travel with. In fact, I've been to, with, with him to uh, Thailand and, and China. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, we kept talking about all the places that we were thinking about going. And so then Costa Rica came up and Cuba came up. And uh, we've been talking about it for years, uh, more than five years. And the, we ended up going without him. I had a friend that works for a brokerage firm that gives him uh, – a month sabbatical for every five years that he works. So then he goes, Hey, let's do the trip to Cuba. So then we said, sounds great. We talked about it somewhere in July, booked a flight. And then from there on did research on everything possible that we could do and, and, and go. And uh, my friend decided on the three cities that we actually ended up visiting, okay. which was uh, Havana. Mm -hmm. And then we went to, uh, 
Baradero, which is uh, in, uh, in a region called Matanzas. Okay. And we went to the Caribbean side and we went to a town called Trinidad, which is a colonial town. And in fact, the picture that you see on the uh, PowerPoint presentation is the town. It's, uh, it's more than 400 years old. So everything is exactly the way it was, plus the electrical wires that you see. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes. But let me ask you this. So uh, w- so when exactly did you start planning for this? You said July. How long right. How long was that timeline between when you started planning for this? We, and we were act- looking at flights then and... Um, the, the flight that we actually didn't go until uh, September. So we actually, it was like a three month planning. So then during the time that we had bought the tickets, uh, we looked into uh, what currency exchange, uh, how it works, because um, Cuba is a very close country. And uh, then we looked at the health, uh, you know, all the requirements. So the, 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 they were saying that you needed to buy a, a medical insurance because should you get injured, like on the horse, if we fall, then you have to evacuate, then you have to have proof of insurance. But actually, we got there, and they didn't even ask for proof of insurance. So that was uh, uh, a needed thing, a needed thing, but we didn't even have to uh, show proof of it. Okay. So let's start to talk about some of the pre-planning stage in this process. Um, did, what kind of a visa is required in order to be able to go to Cuba? Okay, so uh, in order to go, you need this travel pass. So the travel pass uh, are sold at the Miami airport next to the boarding boarding gate. Okay. Uh, the, the cost of the boarding pass, because it's not a visa, it's called a boarding pass, and it's blank. You actually fill it yourself. It's $50, but then uh, the person selling it to you charges you another $50 for processing, which is, you know, just a... A ripoff, but <laughs> you could pay it. Uh, I ended up buying mine online through uh, this uh, travel website that that does uh, travel uh, arrangements for Cuba for seventy five dollars. So I saved myself twenty five dollars. I understand that you can actually buy the travel pass when you land for twenty dollars, but we didn't want to take a chance getting there and not being able to get in because we didn't have it. So yeah. it, it was worth well worth having it before you show up. Yeah, I can imagine. And this is the same type of situation. And you've been to China yourself before. So you understand that sometimes, can you imagine the situation of having gone from all the, all the way from like LAX, for example, all the way to China, and then being stuck in the airport because they won't let you in based on your visa or based on your passport situation. I can imagine. Right, I've had, I've had opportunity of getting the visa in advance. China requires a visa. Vietnam requires a visa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cambodia is only a landing visa and you pay in U.S. dollars. So and uh, so I've had all kinds of experiences, uh, you know, with visas uh, requirements for different countries. Okay, cool. And let me ask you this with Cuba, because I know uh, for purposes of going to places like India or some of the places in Africa, you sometimes need to have uh, you visit like a travel doctor ahead of time to just see if there's any type of travel medications or anything that you need. Did you have anything like that or was it just the health? Yes, I actually consulted uh, my GP uh, and they told me uh, go to the State Department website and uh, there weren't any required things. But then they they suggested if if I wanted uh, uh, malaria medicine or things like that to go to go to an exotic uh, medicine doctor and I ended up not doing it. So 
basically what I did is since they suggested that we bring everything you possibly need there, I bought a first aid kit that included, um, you know, bandages, uh, everything. And then I, in addition to that, I bought enough uh, Imodium and Pepto-Bismol to uh, cover the nine days that I was there, not just for me, but for the group that I went to. I went as a group of four. So we had that. And then uh, there's this other thing that I learned from uh, Thailand. It's called activated charcoal tablets. Oh, yeah. And those I use really, that all the time. Really help. Yeah. No, I use activated charcoal all the time. I think it's fantastic for your stomach. We, we brought bug spray, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, on the most tropical area that we were in Cuba, there were very few mosquitoes, if any. I didn't get bit. Wow, nice. Uh, so let's continue to talk about the prepacking stage. Did you also need to prepack any um, sun sunblock of any sort, or right? We we brought uh, SPF fifty. Yeah, so I, I you gotta. We basically went, went on carry on only. So everything that I bought was three ounces or less. Okay. Liquid. So I put uh, small packages of shampoo. So then I, I, I a small bar of soap. So for every city that we visited, I had enough shampoo and a bar of soap to shower. And, 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 you know, to, oh, obviously toothbrush and toothpaste, but they tell you to bring everything. In fact, um, there was somebody that I talked to that had been there and they said, even bring toilet paper. And we brought a roll of toilet paper just in case. That doesn't surprise me because, I mean, I know when we went to Bangkok a couple of years ago and you may have had the same experience. Sometimes when you go to some of these outdoor places, they won't have toilet paper and you just need to make sure to purchase you know, like when you you just go to like a Seven Eleven or a, or a store, pick up a like a thing of toilet paper, just keep it in your backpack with you. So that way, when you're going into these, you know, outdoor like establishments, you know, to to go to the restroom, you have that available to you. Well, it, uh, believe it or not, it's a cottage industry. On the roadside <clears throat> stops that we did, they would have ladies outside the toilet selling or actually giving you toilet paper, but you have to tip them. Oh. So, so there is toilet paper, but you have to basically give them a tip, which is basically buying it. Uh, if you need toilet paper, but uh, um, you know, we you brought gotta, our own. You got to do though. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, now you told me earlier you left from LAX, correct? Yes, we we flew out of LAX with American Airlines. Okay, and you flew into Miami, and then from Miami you were only there for about an hour, and then you flew into Havana, Cuba, correct? Right. Right. Okay. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about the flight really quick. Um, how was how was your flight? Uh, did you have uh, Did you start with Were you in coach? Were you in uh, Did you get upgraded? Where were you at? We we flew coach uh, because that was the cheapest ticket. Uh, we we when we flew and we, when we bought it in, at the tickets in July, the ticket was only like three hundred twenty seven per person round trip. Nice. Right now, uh, being that Cuba is on their 500-year anniversary and it's the high season, uh, I've seen prices as high as $1,200 round trip. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's, it's, a, it, it's one of those places I know that we've had some challenges over the last couple of years in getting into, and then, then they finally opened it up. It's now that a lot of people want to be able to get in there. But there's also been some restrictions, I think, on some cruise lines now to where they can't. Right, uh, the Trump administration actually forbid private planes, private boats, and cruise ships from going there. So effectively, tourism somewhat came to a screeching halt because a lot of the people go there on a cruise and hang out in uh, 
Havana, go to Old Town and visit. But that kind of stopped. So they were, you know, very eager to see tourists come and, uh, you know, by commercial airlines. So the airlines really haven't been affected so long as they're commercial airlines, correct? Correct. Commercial airlines still fly. So Delta, United, JetBlue, American fly, and then there's foreign airlines. There's that, uh, I think a Venezuelan airline in Mex- Mexicana flies to Mex- flies there. So basically, if you were to fly Mexico or Aero Mexico, I'm sorry, uh, you go from LA to Mexico City or Cancun, and then you have a layover, and then you fly into uh, Havana. Okay, that's not that bad. So you arrive in Havana. How long are you going to be staying in Havana for? What we did is uh, once we decided on the three cities that we were, we decided to spend two days on each, and then the, the rest of the time transferred, uh, you know, traveling to and from the different uh, cities that we, we visited. Okay. And you decided to use Airbnb throughout your entire trip, correct? Right. Uh, well, like, like I mentioned before, there's 12 reasons why you can actually travel to, to Cuba as an American, and only three of them are most effective. One of them is that you're actually there to help the people of Cuba. The other one is ed- educational, meaning that you actually have uh, some kind of uh, university research program or you're visiting another university. So those are the two that I remember of the three that are actually effective in traveling into Cuba. So using Airbnb is supporting the local people because I'd say 90% or more of all the businesses in Cuba are actually government owned. Even if you see name, uh, names like Malia Hotel, which is a European, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're 51% owned by the Cuban government. So basically everything is Cuban government owned. What, what did you say? The first, what would you say the first two were again? It was uh, educational purposes. And what was the other one? And the other one is the helping people of Cuba. Okay. Does that include charitable work, you know, or not? Uh, yes. I mean, the, one of the suggestions they made, which we didn't, is to actually bring uh, crayons, textbook, I mean, not textbooks, uh, notebooks, pens and pencils to donate to a school. But we ended up not doing that. We just basically figured that uh, eating at the uh, eating at private homes, what they call paladares. Yeah. Uh, or, and staying at Airbnbs is supporting the Cuban Cuban, the people of Cuba, because it's a non-government owned uh, entity. Now you were educating me earlier when we when we initially were setting up this uh, this podcast podcast slash vlog. You it's because I heard sometimes it, Havana is also referred to as Habana. And can you tell me a little here, bit about that? Here we call it Habana with a B. I mean with a V as in Victor. But there, the the the, the proper name is La Habana. La Habana. A, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. So what did you do while you were in that city? What kind of activities did you do? Okay, so basically we pre-planned everything and uh, I used TripAdvisor to do researches to transportation. So then some people suggested uh, uh, something similar to a Greyhound services government on called Via Azul. Uh, so we figure, okay, when we get there, we book it. But it turns out that uh, because of the gas short gasoline shortage a fuel shortage due to the uh, blockade between venezuela and cuba fuel is scarce so uh the the railroads don't run because um, hurricane irma 
damaged a lot of the railroad tracks, so it's suspended. And then a lot of the public transportation, like I mentioned, that's similar to what a Greyhound would be or a tour bus type, is suspended until further notice. So the only way to get around effectively is taxi. So by the time we got there, we had already hired a taxi driver because the first place we stayed at, uh, our host told us how much it would cost to go from the Abana Airport into the the address that we were going to stay at. And this is between 25 to 30 Cuban convertible pesos, which is equivalent to a dollar. So every every cook is a dollar. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, what, what, well, first off, I, I mean, I obviously want to know not just about the transportation, but like, what was the food like? What, what kind of activities did you do there? What were some things that you engaged in? So we engaged the taxi driver that, that picked us up, uh, as a tour guide, cause, uh, he has a tour service. So basically, oh, okay. uh, with, with, with that, they took us to, uh, the place where we're staying at, we dropped the stuff off because we were kind of early. You know, they have uh, just like hotels, a certain amount of time to check in. And apparently uh, the people that stayed at that condo that we uh, rented kind of damaged the place. So then the host had to clean it up. So they told us to come back later. So we actually we went on a tour of mainly to the old Havana. Okay. Uh, normally, they, they say it takes three days to see all the whole old Havana. So we visited all the old Havana, uh, the the government uh, building, um, and and all the uh, I guess hotels that are on 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 the strip where where tourists gather. Mm-hmm. And then we went and visited uh, on that same day uh, a very famous bar called La Floridita, which is known for their um, their daiquiris, and that's where uh, uh, Ernest Hemingway visits when he's in town. Oh, that was awesome. So you got to right. see where Ernest Hemingway hung out. In fact, there's a brass statue of him at the bar, so you can actually pose and have your picture taken with him. So we had some daiquiris oh. there, and then uh, we toured, and we got hungry, and then there's actually this other famous bar called La Bodeguita del Medio, which means that the, the shop in the middle and uh upstairs from that actually they're supposedly known for the best mojito uh and but we didn't drink there the the tour guide told us that the food at that place was very good so you go upstairs and we had uh, one of the a very good meal like uh basically we ate lobster every day <laughs> wow i can imagine that the seafood that is gotten through Cuba has got to be amazing. Um, you know, they, they, they're limited, but what they have is really good. I mean, lobster, they, it basically they give you a tail and a half with uh, rice and beans, which is their, their which you would be, well, I guess that the, we, call, we know it as dirty rice, which is the, a mix, the mixture between rice and beans. Mm-hmm. Then uh, drinks. So, uh, a lobster tail like that was a uh, meal was $23. Uh, so it wasn't that expensive compared to what you would get here. Yeah. That's not bad for lobster. That's not bad. at all. <laughs> so, okay. Um, what was your next destination after you had gone? <clears throat> Once we finished with uh, Habana, we uh, went to this other beach town uh, in the Matanzas region called Varadero, which is supposedly the, the best, uh, by far the best Caribbean beach uh, in the in, in the Caribbean area. So we, we uh, 
rented another house, Airbnb, at the entrance of the town. Um, and we stayed there two days. In fact, it, it, the house was right in front of a, like a private cove uh, where people were swimming. Um, so that's what was the next next step. We were there two days and took a, the same tour taxi driver that that, that t- showed us Havana actually helped us in in in, uh, in the Varadero as well. Nice. So what were so I assume you guys visited the cove at least once. Did you guys just hang out at the beach there? Did anybody do any scuba or snorkeling at all? Well, the the basically the cove was you know not very big and uh, we didn't actually go into the water there where we ended up going is uh drove probably another hour into a nicer beach and and we spent some time there uh hanging out taking pictures um in fact uh, at the beach uh, the, one of the beaches we visited uh was right next to a golf course so mm-hmm. it, it was very beautiful were you able to golf at all no cuz we were just on the way there, and we didn't have golf clubs, and uh, I'm not sure what the tee-off fee was, uh, but we're not golfers, so it would have been a waste to to, uh, to do it. That's okay. <laughs> it's all it's all a matter of what what kind of fun and available resources are there. Um, we were a limited of time, so we we just basically try to see the whole city in one day. A uh, question for you: um, For the not only Havana but also the current city that you were in right now, did you have an opportunity to see if there were? Even though I know you were limited on time, did you have an opportunity to see whether or not there are any museums in the area? Oh yes, many. Okay, we actually visited um, this housing complex. Uh, I'm not sure if you know about the Spanish architect Gaudi. Oh my gosh! Yeah. On the same on the same vein as that, so he basically built this his home uh, with broken tiles. So um, <laughs> it's one of those things that uh, you you don't see that often. But that house is uh, a popular destination for people that go to uh, Havana. So I, went I, to this house that that's got that uh, Gaudi like uh, architecture. Yeah, it's very. I, for those of you, for those who are not familiar with Gaudi. You, get, you guys will definitely have to take a look at some of my videos on Barcelona. Uh, the His style is very whimsical and it's very unique, very right. different. But, I mean, sometimes it can range from like a little bit morbid and gothic to like yes. almost like Dr. Seuss in some ways. It's really yes. Yes. all over the map, but it's really fascinating to look at. In fact, uh, we had the opportunity. He happened to right in when we were there and we had our picture taken with the, I forget his name, but he, he is the guy that actually built this. Uh, and it's actually free. You can go visit the house for free, although they, they ask for donations, but uh, if, if you wanted to visit it, it doesn't cost anything except the cost of transportation to get there. Okay, cool. Awesome. And so you spent two days here in this, in this general area, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. And how was the food in this area? Um, <laughs> okay, so the, the 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 host of the second house we stayed at in Varadero recommended this restaurant that was maybe uh, a couple hundred yards from where, where the house was on the third floor, and once again, lobster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when you're when you're dealing with this, you probably can't get sick of lobster. It's just one of those things. It's like if you were to ever visit Maine, you probably have to kind of. Get used to the concept of having lobster a lot. 
I, I'm not I'm not fond of lobster, but my friends were, and uh, the joke between us when we're here is that we're gonna go on lobster dinner. You know how expensive it is, but over there, yeah. the the further we got away from Havana, the cheaper it got. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. This time it was only twenty dollars for the same meal that we did before. But before we left Havana, uh, our tour guide, uh, she's Cuban, but her name is Yuri, and recommended that we try this. Uh, Spanish restaurant mm. and we went there and we had a Spanish meal that was I mean if, if, if they had Michelin it would be probably like a two or three star Michelin restaurant it was wow that's that's really high inside yeah the food was excellent um let me ask you uh so because I'm a huge fan of Spanish food uh did they have like paella or was yeah, it- that's what I had you had paella right. okay yeah so um, paella, for those who are not familiar with it, is kind of a rice dish that's – it has like – sometimes it has seafood or chorizo mixed in with it. And- right. It's a, it's, a, it's a mixture of – well, this one, uh, the paella had uh, shellfish, clams, uh, ham, sausage, uh, a yeah. chicken. So it had a little bit of everything, and it's in a, in a tomato-y sauce. Yeah, exactly. And the tomato is mixed in with the rice, so it takes a really – it takes on like a, almost a reddish tone typically. And yep. So- yeah, they use nice. they use uh, saffron to color it, so that that's where the the color comes from. Oh, nice, very good. And then, do you know? Did the same place also do tapas at all, or nothing, or not quite the same thing? Um, I'm not sure that they do. Okay, because uh, we didn't order any, but I mean, they do had uh, appetizers that we ordered. So we had like a tuna salad. Uh, uh, every, every time I travel, I always had look for fruit so then they had fruit salad so i ordered that for lunch as well as the the, the paella oh excellent and so, how, the, how are the drinks there by the way um very good because basically is rum everything there is rum based so oh, uh, Caribbean. <laughs> everywhere we go was mojito mojito or or, or um, um daiquiri but you know uh, when you saw the godfather they supposedly had like banana daiquiri flavored daiquiris it doesn't exist it's all just one flavor okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, so you were there for about two days. And then after that, where was your next destination? That was then we went to the Caribbean side to the town called Trinidad, which is a colonial town uh, and spent another two days there and also stayed at another Airbnb. In fact, the hostess um, arranged a tour for us. Oh, nice. Um, so then we actually uh, went on horseback. You see the picture. We actually horseback into uh a waterfall that's that's famous there, uh, but the the horse ride was uh, not for the faint of heart because it's all cobblestone road or or muddy roads. So saw that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not used to riding a horse. Uh, it, it was some some pretty, pretty awkward, kind of uh, touch and go moments there. That uh, on the way there, then you get to visit a uh, coffee plantation uh, that is kind of special because most coffee is grown on the highland this one here was only like 50 feet above sea level so the guy that actually demonstrated it said that his father did a hybrid of two types of coffee plants and grew this coffee that uh it's only grown there it's very small uh it's very small batch so sort of like a micro like a micro brew coffee almost right so uh when you sit down and you do the, the, the tour, basically, they sell you a cup of coffee for $2, but they give you a cigar, and the cigars are also grown 
or, or, or made there. Mm-hmm. Let me just digress. We did visit that cigar factory and actually those cigars were outstanding. Uh, we were able to bribe the cigar maker and then we got a couple of uh, recently made uh, cigars. And then uh, one night we smoked them and they were the best cigars I've ever smoked. Oh, fantastic. Oh, also point of order really quick. Um, the name of the town, this third town that you're in, is, is Trinidad. Trinidad. But see, everybody thinks Trinidad and Tobago, but yeah. Cuba has a town called Trinidad. It's a longer name, but it, it, it comes down to Trinidad. It's on the Caribbean side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, the, my friend is the one that chose the, the, the places. I actually wanted to go to others, but I think that these were the best, the best places to visit on the first trip. Excellent. Now, let me ask you this. Would you want to go back? Well, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I wanted to go back uh, during a Christmas break, but the flight is uh, outrageous. So I, 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 I decided not to go. Yeah, maybe another time. Um, all right. So then you're heading back now to Havana in order to conclude the trip. Um, how is the return process? Okay, so uh, we used exclusively the one... Uh, taxi tour guide to go from Havana to Baradero, and he also took us over to uh, Trinidad. Mm-hmm. But on the way back, uh, he told us how much it was going to cost, and it was like prohibitive because basically, for every night that we use them in Havana, he charges one hundred and twenty dollars. Okay. Divided by four is not bad, but if you do it a uh, couple, it can get very expensive. The, the, the trip from Havana to Baradero was at $140, mm-hmm. but the trip from uh, Baradero to Trinidad was $180, uh. right? So, so because the oil fuel shortage, the only way to really get around and not be on a schedule is to uh, hire a taxi driver, come to an understanding. And this guy, this was actually... Uh, they were very accommodating. I think that I, I we lucked out by finding this person, and in fact, I I, I found them on TripAdvisor, and uh, they were very accommodating. I, in fact, I, the, the, they have when we when we used them exclusively, they had a van, so then we sat comfortably, air conditioned, and then we had a separate tour guide. The lady, she was very knowledgeable. Uh, we ended up going to uh, uh, the couple of clubs that she recommended. Uh, one was the Buena Vista Social Club, and we actually saw a show there. And one of the original musicians from the, the band actually sang a song. So oh. it was that was, that was a, quite an experience. And then we went another, to another club that was uh, exclusively salsa music. So we went and listened to that. Uh, however, they said that the show was at nine. It didn't start till midnight. <laughs> so you yeah. just kind of have to be patient. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap up a little bit here. Um, so the flight back, okay. You flew back on American as well. Is that correct? Right. We bought the round trip ticket. Uh, so we basically went from Trinidad back to Havana. We spent another night there on a different condo closer to the Malecon, which is the boardwalk. Uh, and it was uh, surrounded by a bunch of restaurants. So we actually had a very nice Italian meal on the last night. Okay. In fact, we found a uh, Lebanese restaurant. The, the food there was outstanding. I mean, I I was surprised to see a Lebanese restaurant in the middle of Havana. You know, nothing surprised me, surprises me anymore. I just spoke with someone the other day who visited China and had an Italian meal in China. <laughs> so it's like, 
it is what it is. I guess now everybody's pretty much global. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, so how long did you have to, let's get to the actual flight itself heading back. Okay. Um, how long was the flight heading back? Did you have to wait in Havana for a long period of time or was it pretty, pretty We specific? basically, uh, the flight wasn't going to leave until like eight o'clock okay. and the Airbnb checkout was noon. So we asked if it was possible to just leave our luggage there until time. And we like go somewhere and come back. And then in fact, uh, the, the, the host for the last place in Havana was very accommodating and let us stay till seven o'clock at which time, uh, the prearranged taxi driver picked us up, took us to the airport. Uh, we checked in. The flight back was basically the same as flying there, which was like an, an hour and a half. Uh, we landed in uh, Miami 10 o'clock at night, and then uh, we had a six-hour layover, which is the... Oh, <laughs> but the we actually ended up going, going into town, had dinner, okay. uh, visited a little bit because we basically oh, we were uh, using Uber or Lyft. I forget which one. And then we just went back to the airport and sat there until the flight uh was ready six in the morning and then we flew back into uh lax and uh clear you know went through immigration and clear customs which uh was a breeze it was not even not as uh strict as i thought it would be uh i i actually have a global sentry card so you didn't have to stand in line with immigration you just go to the kiosk where they have the computer you scan either your Global Century card or your passport, they take a picture of you. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they they ask a couple of questions and then you're gone. And then you go into uh, customs and customs didn't even bother checking our luggage. So uh, we, we were cautious about how much alcohol, how, how much rum and cigars were brought back. We stayed within the limit and it wasn't even checked. Perfect. So let's get to the post vacation then at this point. So what are the pros of going to a place like Cuba? I mean, why would I go there as opposed to just any other Caribbean island? Well, uh, one of the reasons we wanted to go, I wanted to go is because it's one of those forbidden cities. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like you got to go there before it becomes too commercial. Yeah. It is because uh, while we were there, you didn't see a Starbucks. You see, didn't see a McDonald's. There were no, no such thing as chain, chain anything. Yeah. Well, they, they have government stores, but, uh, you know, they're, they're nothing like a 7-Eleven. You go in there and whatever they have, you know, whatever they have in stock is what you get. And you, in fact, uh, to enter a grocery store, you have to stand in line because they're afraid that you go in there to steal things. So it's very restricted and controlled. Okay. So for the most part, you would go there because it's kind of like one of those. And it was a beautiful city. I mean, I, 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 I I just recently read something on I think either Facebook or uh, travel magazine where it says that that's probably one of the most beautiful, beautiful cities. And they are actually restoring a lot of the, the buildings that, that are there. And uh, so it's, it's a worthwhile place to visit because everybody's really friendly. Crime is non-existent because okay. uh, everything is government controlled. So, uh, the only the only thing you worry about is that uh, the the con people that try to con you if you don't know what you're doing. So when you go, be prepared, read up on it. Uh, you know, have prearranged everything so that you don't have to go there and try to figure out what to do. Because uh, if you don't speak Spanish, it makes it very very difficult. Uh, the reason my friends took me or went with me because I actually am fluent in Spanish. Excellent. 
Well, and I appreciate that too. So, I mean, you've shared a lot of different value adds throughout this conversation. Uh, what one thing would you say that a brand new person who might be going to Cuba might want to know about? Is it maybe going to those travel aggregator sites, learning a little bit of maybe about the I would I would recommend uh, going to TripAdvisor and hear what other people's experiences were. Uh, there's a lot of uh, videos about Cuba and the towns that you may want to visit in YouTube. So I actually saw a lot of it there. Uh, Amazon Prime Video also has a lot of uh, videos about it. Uh, and then I also read up on, on uh, publications that were in uh, Amazon uh, uh, Kindle. Yeah. So there's a lot of information to be had. And there's a lot of videos of people that actually experienced what I did that actually video log, video, videoed everything. I actually have, uh, I took a GoPro, so I have videos. I just haven't been able to edit them to, to, to share. Yeah, and you, for those who don't know, Carlos has an excellent eye for photography and a great, great video library that he's gonna, that he's gonna put up. And I will be more than happy to direct my students to take a look at it once you have it enabled. So much appreciated. By the way, thank you so much for doing this interview. I know my students are gonna get a lot from it because Cuba's just one of those places that not a lot of people have had the opportunity to go to. And you were in a very rare situation where you had that opportunity. So again, Thank you so much for coming on to the show today and, and in order to be able to interview for this. We really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Uh, you, anytime there any questions about uh, my, my experiences that I detailed, uh, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to answer them. Thank you so much, Carlos. And if, if, you, if any of the students on this have any questions about anything, you can always send questions, comments directly to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com, and I'll be more than happy to share those with Carlos. In the meantime, I would like to thank you so much for being part of this. I would like to thank you for listening, whether you're on the podcast or on a blog. And until the next time, make every destination a travel adventure. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.